Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Searcy Sports Show. I'm your host, Nelson Searcy, and I thank you so much for listening today. Whatever platform you may be on and wherever you may be listening, I hope you are having a fantastic day. Jumping straight into the action in today's show for our Searcy Storylines, three current stories in the sports world that are catching my eye, and I want to start with Dak Prescott's humongous contract as he got an extension with the Dallas Cowboys. They finally got a contract deal done, and Dak's deal looks like a four-year, $160 million contract with $126 million of that guaranteed. That is an, an insanely huge contract and one that Dak has been waiting for. I do think that this move is sort of good and bad for the Dallas Cowboys. Good in the sense that they were able to lock up a guy who really believes in their organization and is a really solid quarterback in the league. However, I don't really see the explosiveness from Dak Prescott as I would like to see, especially for him getting paid that much money. And the Cowboys currently have a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball. And with that big of a cap hit, especially over the next four seasons, it's going to be tough to improve that defensive unit. In what seems to be a weaker division in NFC East, though, I think that their offense will be able to power them through a lot of that competition. However, I am concerned that they are going to be somewhat limited in their growth in the future. But congratulations to Dak Prescott on getting his money, getting paid, and congrats to the Dallas Cowboys for securing their quarterback of the future for a longer term as we see Dak in Dallas for the next four years. Our second storyline of the day as we come out of the NBA All-Star break, I want to take a second to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks as they seem to be quite back on track in the Eastern Conference going forward. The Bucks are sitting at a record of 24 wins, 14 losses, and they've won eight out of their last 10 games, including three wins in a row. And actually, the top part of the Eastern Conference is looking really solid right now in terms of the form of teams up there. You've got Philadelphia, who's won four in a row. Brooklyn's won four in a row. Like I just said, with Milwaukee, they've won three in a row and eight out of their last ten. Miami's won three in a row, nine of their last ten. And even like the Charlotte Hornets, the Knicks, and the Atlanta Hawks all on a win streak and doing well as the Eastern Conference ramps up through this season. The Bucks really are the team to watch for me at the moment as Giannis Antetokounmpo is continuing to lead this team in a really good way. And I talk a lot about how important the eye test is for me in terms of watching games and really just how teams seem to play to my eye. And I just love the way that the Milwaukee Bucks are performing on offense and defense, especially as of late. And I really think that they are my personal favorite in the Eastern Conference at this point. I still think the Nets have some defensive issues that they need to deal with and some inconsistency with injuries as well. And Philadelphia, Joel Embiid just had a minor scare with his knee injury. It looked to be a sprained knee, something of the sort. So it looks like he will be fine. But Philadelphia still doesn't super impress me in terms of the eye test as I really just see them as kind of a top-heavy deal where I really like the Bucks rotation and, and the way that they look right now. So hopefully they can keep it up and maintain that status that I currently see them at. And the third story that I want to cover is how impressive Bryson DeChambeau has been as of late on the PGA Tour. Bryson DeChambeau won last week's event at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill by one stroke over Lee Westwood. 
followed by this week at the Players' Championship where he finished two strokes behind Justin Thomas in third place. Just the way that Bryson has seemed to kind of transform the way that people are thinking about the game. I know that Rory McIlroy spoke on that this week as Rory McIlroy has been dealing with some issues in his game. He really attributed a lot of that to looking at Bryson Chambo's game and trying to achieve some of the distance and kind of the power and gouge way that Bryson likes to play and set up the golf course. It's really interesting to see how big of a deal that that is making for a lot of other golfers, just seeing how he's playing the game and, and how well he is incorporating that system into successful golf. And it's not like Bryson isn't a proficient short game player either. He has been putting very well. His chipping is very solid. And Bryson just continues to impress me and all the players on tour. And I'm interested to see a lot of those guys, especially who can hit it pretty far now, to see if they really go for that extra step in terms of gaining distance and kind of following a Bryson-type formula to win. Of course, it's very hard to win on the PGA Tour, and anybody can win on a given week, but the distance and the ability that Bryson DeChambeau has right now that he's showing is really catching the eye of myself as a fan, many other fans, and many of the players on tour. And just a quick reminder, as I like to do in every episode of the Searcy Sports Show, just want to remind you to make sure you are taking care of yourself this week as you make your way through the week, whether it is physically, emotionally, socially, mentally, whatever it may be. I hope that you just take all the steps that you need to take and reach out to those around you and make sure that your week and everyone else's week is going well. And now heading into the NCAA tournament as the bracket just came out about an hour ago as I am recording this episode. I'm taking a look at the bracket and I kind of wanted to just reach on talk about the number one seeds, what I really think about their prospects in terms of winning the national championship, and kind of talk about my four sleepers that I have for this tournament, and talk about a few teams that I am worried about as well. So the first number one seed to talk about is the overall number one seed, Gonzaga. I've spoken very highly of them, and I do think that they will have some success in the tournament. However, I'm concerned about the difficulty of their bracket as you look at Iowa being in their section as the two seed, Virginia being in their section as the four seed. Now I understand that Virginia, even despite their COVID-19 issue taking them out of the conference tournament this past week at the ACC Conference Championship, I do think that Virginia is still a very dangerous team. And Iowa has been a very dangerous team all year. So if there's any group in the bracket that could really take down Gonzaga, I think that it is that section. I I do think Gonzaga will more than likely make it to at least the Elite Eight to face that team in Iowa. And that will be quite the matchup of offensive gurus. Moving forward to the next number one seed, I want to talk about Baylor for a second. Baylor is a little bit concerning as they have been, you know, they also dealt with the some COVID issues and they had to worry about missing a month of playtime. And as they came back, they haven't been as sharp as they were in the early part of the season. However, I do think that their section of the bracket is relatively easy. You've got Ohio State, who has been fairly inconsistent. They're a very good team, but. They've been sort of inconsistent at times. You've got Arkansas, who is fairly impressive, but I don't think that they're unbelievably explosive. And then 
the four seed Purdue is kind of just in the middle of the pack of those Big Ten teams, solid but not amazing. And then the five seed being Villanova missing their point guard is very painful, and I actually think that they will lose to Winthrop in that first round. So although Baylor has been struggling lately, I do think that they will fare well on their bracket as I don't see crazy amount of competition for them. I think that that is probably the easiest section of the bracket in terms of how well teams are playing at this current moment in time. The next section of the bracket that I want to talk about is Michigan's section. I think that Michigan was probably my pick to win the national championship before I found out that Livers, one of their top scorers, is out indefinitely with his leg injury. I think that that really is concerning for me, and Michigan's bracket section is pretty tough. They've got a potential second-round matchup of LSU, who has been playing very well and gave Alabama a run for their money in the tournament. I think that Florida State, Texas, and Alabama as the four, three, and two seeds in there are all very, very strong matchups, and I I really struggle to think that Michigan will make it out of there. I really like the prospects of Alabama. I think that BYU actually has a decent chance of beating Texas if they can get out of their first-round game, and then looking at Florida State, I think that they will make their way to the Sweet 16 to play Michigan, and I I think that Florida State could very well beat them. So I think that Michigan is just an untimely situation as far as their injury goes, and we will see if they can overcome that. And the final section of the bracket that I want to discuss is the Illinois section of the bracket. I think that Illinois is going to be my pick for the national championship. However, they really have some powerhouses in that section. Oklahoma State, led by Cade Cunningham, who is most likely to be the number one pick in next year's NBA draft. He is very impressive, and they have been very impressive as of late making the Big 12 title game. Then you look at a team like San Diego State, who has very, very high abilities, and Houston, who has ended the season very strong and looks like a huge contender as well. However, I think that Illinois, really powerfully led by Kofi Coburn, will do a great job in the tournament and lead them very far and probably going to be my pick to win the national championship. Now, my four sleeper teams that I want to discuss that are kind of under the radar are those two teams that I just discussed in that Midwest portion of the bracket, Oklahoma State and San Diego State. Those are two teams that have really impressed me throughout the year and their ability to be clutched when they need to be the power of their game and the consistent scoring that I have seen displayed by them on the offensive side. And two other teams that I really like, I like Winthrop, as I said earlier, to upset Villanova. And I think that they have a decent chance to make it past Purdue as well. I haven't quite decided who I'm going to pick for that game yet, but I am really interested to see Winthrop as they've only lost one game this year, really headed in the tournament very confidently. And the other sleeper team I have is the Creighton Blue Jays. I think that they have a chance if they can get past UC Santa Barbara in that first round, which is actually a pretty tough first round matchup, but I think I'm going to go with Creighton there. They have a chance with Virginia's issues with COVID. They should Virginia should have a full roster by the time that that is all said and done this week. But without a week of, you know, full team practice, they could really struggle in that second round game and I think that Creighton really has some good shooting and some inside game combination that is very present in their offense and I think that they could make a little bit of a run at at least a Sweet 16 at least or further into the Elite 8. And with that, that will conclude today's episode of the Searcy Sports Show. Again, I thank you so much for listening. 
You can find the Seriously Sports Show on the platforms of YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And you can find the show on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name The Seriously Sports Show. Be on a lookout as I post the link to my bracket as you can follow along this these next couple weeks as we watch March Madness unfold and you can compare your bracket to mine as we see how things go. Again, thank you so much for listening and this has been your host Nelson Searcy signing off.